Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Regarding ID podcast. I'm Gina Jordan. This is the final installment in our four-part series on mobile IDs. Thus far, we've explored the basics of the technology and how both citizens and governments can benefit from it. We also examined the privacy and security concerns and how these concerns can be largely addressed with the use of mobile IDs. Next, we stepped from concept to reality as we looked at some of the pilots and projects to date, focusing on lessons learned from these early implementations. Today, we'll discuss mobile ID technology for uses beyond the driver's license, both in the U.S. and around the world. Most of us have one or more IDs that we obtain, use, and update throughout the year, everything from passports to hunting or fishing licenses to gun permits. These traditional credentials can benefit from digitization and mobilization, as we hear from Javier Ramirez, Sales Director Europe for Citizen ID Solutions at HID Global. Really, you can think of any ID document that we use today. For example, um, hunting or fishing or both license, where you can prove that you are in the right area, that you're using the right weapon to hunt, that you are hunting and fishing the right species. Another one would be an arms or gun license permit, same thing or a safe passage, which is a document, it's not an emergency passport. An emergency passport is actually a passport that you uh, request when you lose it or when it is stolen. A safe passage is today a paper document that you get, and it's kind of an emergency, to just return to your home country in the next three, four, five days, whenever you have your flight. So uh, these are only some examples of uh, documents that could be used in a mobile license beyond uh, driving licenses. For example, a health ID that uh, you can use to do several things. For example, when you get your prescription from your doctor, would be how good it would be to get the prescription in your mobile phone or even request it because it's a usual prescription that you get every month from your doctor. So you don't need to waste your time going there to ask for the prescription. You just get it in a secure way in your phone, and then you go and buy it because you can prove that you are the right person and that you have the prescription from your doctor. These are only some examples of several ID documents that could be used in a, in a mobile license environment. Before citizens are willing to go mobile with a variety of credentials, Ramirez says their lives will have to be made better by the technology. It's got to be secure and convenient. If I am having holidays, for example, and I'm playing with my kids in a foreign country, in the beach, in the sand, if I realize that I have lost my passport, that will ruin my holidays today, right? But if with a couple of clicks in my mobile, I can notify my government that I've lost my passport and if they could please issue to me a safe passage to return in three days to my country, I just can relax and keep on playing with my kids in the sand. And that makes a big difference in terms of how it makes my life better. So I will receive it immediately. I don't need to go through you know, all the hassle to go to a consulate or a police station It's going to save a lot of time for me. Also, if I am renewing a document today, most of the times I will get a temporary document 
till I receive the card or the final document through post mail. With this, I don't need to do that. I will automatically get the credential in my phone. Also, once there is a communication channel set between the citizen and the government, and in this case, it will be because I have the app of the government and they can provide notifications. If I am in a country where there is a riot or an earthquake or a tsunami, my government can tell me in advance, you know, be careful, this is a situation, please leave the country. So these, again, are only some of the examples about how the life of the citizen will, will be much better. Ramirez says the issuers stand to benefit as well from going mobile. The folks at government agencies who issue these paper credentials will potentially have an easier, less complicated workload. And ultimately, the issuing agency stands to save time and money. You will need less offices and less people involved in this kind of issuance. So you will be uh, using those offices and the time of that people for something different that requires a different type of solution. But with this type of solution, you do not need to have all that people issuing actually the document. After a first registration, when you can validate the identity of the person, most of the cases, the renewal will be something that can be done on the phone. And there will be different options in terms of uh, biometrics or uh, security in order to make sure that the citizen is the one applying for the document. Actually, for example, today in Ireland, they have something called a passport card that we are delivering in HID. And what they do to request that document, which is a version of their passport, but in a card format, is just take a selfie of themselves. And that image is validated by the images that they have in in their database, and they send this card to the citizen. So there are many ways to validate that. So there will be some costs there uh, being saved. And of course, today the government is spending money, sending letters, letters for fines, I mean, notifying that they got a fine, maybe driving or taxes for the cars, all type of communications. All that can be done through the mobile. Why do I need to receive a letter that can get lost, that costs money, if I can get the notification for my fine in my mobile and I can immediately pay for it, maybe with a better discount than if I wait for a month. Let's delve into the specifics of going mobile instead of dealing with paper documents. Ramirez explains the difference between applying for and using a paper license versus a user-friendly and more convenient mobile license. It's a case-by-case scenario. One example is the first time I'm requesting my hunting license or my fishing license or both. Actually, in Spain, for example, which is where I am from, you can get a document for both. I would go to the office or if there is a specific place where I can do that, I show up there, they check my identity, maybe I have to present my driving license, so they make sure that I am the person that I say that I am, and they will request, for example, my email, okay, or my mobile phone, could be both. So imagine that they request my mobile phone, I give it to them, they know that I am Javier Ramirez, and automatically, with a system set up there, they send, for example, 
an SMS to me. That SMS includes a link, and all I have to do is to click on it. Once I click on it, it will take me, for example, either to the Apple Store, if I am using an iPhone, to download the Hunting Fishing License app. So once I download it, thanks to the SMS that I got, which is my personal code, what happens is that it opens the app and I get the credential. The credential is issued through a cloud solution. So basically, from the point of view of the citizen, I go there, I give my phone, they can help me if I have any doubt. So I'm in front of uh, the person that is helping me with the process, like in any normal office, and I get an SMS, I get the app, and I get my credential. So then I already have my credential. Like for example, things that we have today in, in our mobile with this wallet application, okay? That is one possibility. One possibility is that the first time I do it, I have to do it in person. Meaning that the next time, and again, it depends on the program and the needs of the program and how often you need to double check things like if I'm okay from a psychological or medical point of view, everything can be arranged. But let's say that I only show up the first time and then when I have to renew it, maybe one year or two years or three years later, I don't need to show up anymore. I just use the app to renew my license. Just for the sake of discussion, I need a driving license. And they already have in the driving license database my picture, my fingerprints, my data. So I take a selfie with the app. I don't need to go to the office for the first time. So with the picture, with my face, with the fingerprint, they can automatically compare those data with the data that they have in the database. So all it takes is me asking for the document and requesting it for the first time with my mobile, and I get it, just as I got it before. Maybe with the app, I have to introduce my phone number or an email, and I get a code, and with that code, it starts the process where the credential is issued to my phone. So that is how different it will be the process today where you need to get an appointment, you might need to wait 30 minutes or one hour, and you have to go and spend time and money to go to the place. All that will be replaced by something much more convenient to the citizen. Finally, Ramirez gives us his top applications for mobile ID technology. A safe passage, again, that is a document that is paper-based today, is yes to, uh, in case of emergency, because your passport was stolen, or it was lost to return to your home country, so it saves time. You don't need to go to the police, to the embassy, etc. You don't need to ruin your holidays, basically. Another one would be a health ID. I'm sure that some of the benefits would be a medical prescription that you tap and get it, or you can get the prescriptions remotely. You can get your medical history and share it with a different doctor. You can receive your results from a medical test on your mobile, again, you open a communication channel, and that's the beauty of it. You can request appointments, you can uh, change them. 
Another one would be any document providing public services. Like this is very generic, but I'm going to refer to public services like pay your taxes or access to social welfare services or maybe citizen applications or access to high value or personal online public services like social welfare and revenue services. A different one is a hunting fishing license or a gun permit. I think all of them can go together. Of course, we have the most important ID documents in the world that I'm sure that little by little will follow this trend. Passports, electronic IDs, and residence permits. Basically, all kinds of paper documents today. There are many others, like for example, food passport. Uh, you need to have a special permit when you import and export food that can carry bacteria or virus or, or things that can become a threat internationally. That would be much more safer for everybody that instead of a piece of paper is something controlled by technology. And just to end, a couple of examples, like for example, rent a car. With these type of documents will become much more easier. You know, they, they read all my information. Just when you get to your hotel, all of us remember the experience of arriving at a hotel and you have to fill in a questionnaire and a paper. That's a bit obsolete. If I arrive there and they just communicate with my phone and all those data go to their system, and of course I know which data I'm sharing, that is much more easier. So those are some examples. It seems there are a lot of great applications for mobile ID beyond just the driver's license. That wraps up our four-part series on the trend toward mobile-enabling ID documents. You can find previous podcasts and much more information about mobile ID technology at secureidnews.com. Thank you to HID Global's Javier Ramirez, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Regarding ID Podcast.